Welcome to Heroes of Brand Protection, Episode 2. Welcome back to another episode of Heroes of Brand Protection Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Shapiro, Vice President of Brand Relations at Redpoints, the world's fastest-growing brand protection solution with a mission to make the internet safer for brands and consumers. In these podcasts, we will share stories and industry insights from some of the leading brand protection experts from many different industries. We are so happy you could join us today. And please check out all of our episodes on www.redpoints.com slash podcast. Today, we're thrilled to be speaking with Nicole Klug, the Senior Global Brand Protection Manager at Hugo Boss. She will share with us her personal story, including an interesting story of a man who requested to have this iconic brand of Hugo Boss placed on his brand new Porsche. Well, Nicole, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. We're thrilled to have you with us. Thank you. Um, and thank you very much for having me today. The first question I wanted to ask you is, uh, do you like coffee at all? What do you think about uh, starting your day with coffee? <laughs> I like uh, coffee, yes. Um, and I'm drinking, um, I think, three or four cups a day. Not very healthy, I know, but <laughs> I need it. Even during the weekend, do you drink that much coffee? Honestly, I'm drinking more coffee uh, on the weekend. You are one coffee connoisseur. Is is there a particular occurrence, a funny experience, something that's happened to you in your career uh, or your life that uh, you could share with us? Honestly, during my life, yeah, I, I, I think I figured uh, a lot of funny things uh, out, but... Um, coming back or to, to my job um, at this date. Um, I think I had uh, one funny thing uh, just before Christmas. Uh, it was a few days before Christmas uh, when um, a man asked us to um, label his Porsche uh, with the Boss logo. This was really funny because I thought, oh my God, uh, why he wants to label it with our logo but uh, we agreed to it uh, at this stage because it's just one car or we made sure it's just one car not a whole collection of Porsche uh, and um, yeah this was something funny I, I figured out just before Christmas. Did this happen in Switzerland? Um, the man I think lived in Germany. I think it in Germany, our brand is more common. In Switzerland, everyone knows uh, about Hugo Boss as well. But I think it's it's because yeah, um, the brand was established in Germany, or it's our key market there. Um, I think more questions are coming from from Germany instead of other countries. Yeah, I, I would imagine so. I think uh, everyone knows of Hugo Boss, but maybe just in case. There are those that don't. Uh, could you give us a little bit about the story of Hugo Boss? Yeah, um, sure. Um, I think nobody or not everyone knows that this company was established in Germany. Um, I hear often um, Hugo Boss is coming from Italy or because 
perhaps of the suits and, and the fashion. Uh, and I also hear that uh, it's a um, US company, uh, but both is wrong. It's a Germ German company uh, established in 1923 from an individual named uh, Hugo Ferdinand Boss. Um, and um, he's, uh, he's no longer alive, but um, I think his, um, his children are still alive and um, they are also holding some shares on our company. Um, yeah, and we have a lot of things uh, besides also clothing or as licensed products, as uh, watches, glasses, um, kids' collection, and other fashion accessories. Yes, I actually have read quite a bit that Hugo Boss is considered to be one of the market leaders in the sort of premium luxury segment in the apparel market. Uh, It's uh, very well known here in the U.S., obviously, and in Europe. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> and um, hopefully uh, we will stay uh, there as well during uh, now the corona crisis. For sure. So uh, in, in Hugo Boss, uh, what's the size of the company? That's, what's the, where's the presence? Yes, um, it's more than 120 countries um, in which we have registered trademarks. Well, that's amazing. Obviously, uh, an iconic brand. Uh, now, Nicole, uh, going back to your origins, what was your dream job before you ended up in the world of brand protection? Uh, what were you thinking you'd do uh, when you were younger? Uh, this, this is an easy one. Um, I wanted to get a stewardess. Uh, because I really loved um, the way of flying and visiting other countries, cultures, people um, from the early beginning. And uh, doesn't work out because I'm too short. I'm only, um, I can tell you, uh, 1.55 centimeters. Um, therefore, there was no chance to become a stewardess. Well... That's a that's a shame that uh, your height prevented you from being a um, a flight attendant. But uh, is it uh, one of your hobbies to uh, travel a lot? Yes, yes, I travel also a lot uh, for private reasons, or I want to see the the world. Um, but also, I love to to travel for for business reasons. Um, but now we <laughs> can't do it anymore. <laughs> It's really a shame that uh, we have to stay at home. Yeah, yeah. Is there a particular uh, trips that you've had to cancel or things you've had to do uh, change since uh, COVID has really uh, put a bite in travel in 2020? No, it was just the INTA, I think, uh, which has been canceled. Or, but um, yeah, no other trips um, which um, were canceled. Oh, very good. Uh, how how did you go from your dream job of being a flight attendant to becoming head of global brand protection uh, for uh, Hugo Boss? 
Um, I never decided to become a brand protection manager. Um, I think I played myself into this role during my education and uh, through my former career uh, with Hugo Boss. Um, I'm working for Hugo Boss now since 15 years and I started um, as an assistant of the general council uh, 15 years ago uh, in Metzingen. And then I, I I played myself, I think, more or less into this role of brand protection manager because I, I love to investigate and to link the dots. And I think this is the passion you need here uh, to be a brand protection manager. Where where did you study? Um, I finished my school in, in Germany and... Um, started working um, at a law firm there as well and afterwards um, this means I never studied um, law. I'm currently um, studying but uh, former I never studied uh, in this way or as a lawyer uh, and then I worked uh, for several law firms and um, started at Hugo Boss um, after my law firm career. I guess uh, working for a corporate uh, company like Hugo Boss is completely different than working for a, a law firm. Uh, is that uh, true? Yeah, it's for me, it's more exciting to work for a brand instead of um, working for a lawyer or in a law firm because um, in a law firm you always have this kind of billing hours um, <laughs> which you don't have uh, working for a brand itself. Um, there you're more, um, you have the more physical cases are working on. Um, therefore, it's it's more interesting from for me to work for a company or in-house instead of uh, for a law firm. Okay. Before your experience in both Hugo Boss and law firms, did you have any other jobs while you were putting yourself through school or post-school? Um, during, during my school or I had my first job uh, at a shop assistant, um, also for a fashion brand. And I think now we have the combination of um, law and fashion. <laughs> yeah. But that that uh, totally sounds like it works for you since you began your career in fashion and now you're working, uh, obviously, in an iconic fashion brand. What's the, what's the hardest thing you've had to do as a brand protection uh, manager during your career? It's always difficult um, to get in, in touch with the persons, um, the infringing persons, are, uh, because they often tell you or um, they're ill or you never know if it's right or if it's wrong. And... Uh, Sometimes it's hard that um, the people who try to register a trademark close to your registered brand name or have the right understanding why we don't allow them that they have a similar trademark to ours. So, Nicole, you mean it's hard to find the infringers? Is that right? No, not hard to find infringers, but to get in communication with them. 
because um, yeah, often they tell you, or uh, my mother is ill and uh, my children are ill, we don't have any money, but they had money to buy counterfeits or which they want to sell. Um, yeah, I think it's it's difficult to trust them. Okay, got it. Especially with the growth of e-commerce that we are experiencing since the pandemic, how has Hugo Boss uh, doing with the challenge in regards to online and offline? Um, the challenge online versus uh, offline is definitely um, that we as brand owner are always one step behind the online infringers uh, from my point of view um, and you're always playing the whack-a-mole um, game with them or when you take down one website uh, selling counterfeit uh, goods uh, it will pop up uh, somewhere else or more more links or more offers um, and the difficult thing is to get the physical um, goods in the, at this stage. It makes makes a lot of sense. Uh, of course, in the news, uh, Nicole, we're reading more and more about uh, stores closing and moving to the online. How do you see Hugo Boss's future? Will physical shops stay? Uh, will they eventually disappear? Where do you think the future is? I think um, the physical shops will stay, or hopefully they will stay, um, because we need them as well. But um, especially also for the infringing goods, I think um, the online business is still growing, and it will grow more and more. Um, and we need to uh, put also a focus on it, on it. Uh, makes a lot of sense. I, I think you're spot on. Uh, one more question for you, Nicole. Is there a myth uh, that you would like to debunk or maybe uh, something that you feel people think about your profession uh, that perhaps uh, you think is not true? Um, this is a good point, and <laughs> I wanted to bring this either. <laughs> I think the myth is really that everyone thinks a lawyer is boring. <laughs> and also within our company, um, I think everyone, uh, every employee thinks, oh, don't, don't get to or don't reach out to the legal department um, because they always deny everything. <laughs> and um, they are boring. <laughs> but I can't um, consider about another myth uh, at this stage. Okay, Nicole, thank you very much for debunking the myth about all lawyers. I do have one question I want to ask you uh, that comes from John Carrero uh, from Under Armour that he asked uh, in our last episode. And while he doesn't know you personally, he has been on a number of meetings where the two of you have both been on, so he, he knows you virtually. Uh, with all the success uh, of the things that you've done, uh, he wanted to know if there's one thing you would do differently. And of course, what, what made him think about this, he has a paperweight on his desk that says, what would you do differently if you knew you couldn't fail? Okay, this is a good one. <laughs> Um, honestly, I don't want to sound arrogant, but um, I'm 
I can't remember that I did something wrong, which I want to do otherwise. Uh, no, honestly, I would do everything as I did. Okay, perfect. Is there any adventure such as skydiving uh, that you would do? Uh, I would never do bungee jumping or skydiving, honestly. <laughs> because, uh, jumping out of an airplane or, or jumping down somewhere, no, I would never do it. <laughs> Not even if you knew you'd be safe and you'd have no no issues? No, I would never do it. Okay. So uh, imagine there's a young Nicole who's only 18 or 19 and wants to follow your career. What advice would you give her, if any? Of course. Um, first thing would be uh, to have fun on what you are doing. And a second one is um, to do a lot of networking and exchange experience with other companies um, dealing in the same uh, field, but also uh, in different fields, because I think this is the key to learn also from others and that others learn from you. That is very, very good advice, Nicole. Thank you. Um... There's a famous quote uh, that says, if you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. Yeah. yeah. And learning by doing. Well, it's, I think it's also one key. Totally. It's very important to keep your learning curve going up. And I guess yeah. not be afraid to fail. Failing means at least you're trying, right? Yeah. And sometimes you need to fa fail or it's uh, also one thing you need for life or exactly the next brand protection uh professional that will participate in our podcast is john howell who's the general counsel for a hyper ice is there anything you would like to ask him yes um my question uh to john would be if you could eliminate one thing in your daily life what would it be that's a great question, Nicole. Thank you. And I will look forward to John's answer. What about you, Nicole? If you could eliminate one thing in your life, what would it be? It's definitely um, administrative uh, work. <laughs> if I could el eliminate it through an uh, intelligence database, this would be really the key. Is that both in your professional and personal areas yeah also personally yeah that's right <laughs> i feel the same pain uh totally makes sense uh it comes to mind that uh all administrative work you have to do when you move into a new place electricity gas wi-fi all amounts to hours and hours uh you have to spend on the phone right yeah, it, it's, it sometimes make you makes you tired, or um, also to to inst or you have the whole day with um, answering emails and and uh, calls, and and then you you also have it on the evening or uh, your private emails or uh, or WhatsApps. Uh, sometimes I I 
don't uh, answer two or three days <laughs> for the private ones. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that uh, sometimes that's very necessary it makes a lot of sense well, well nicole uh thank you so much for joining us today it's been a pleasure having you thank you very much uh, for having me today and i hope um it was uh, interesting yeah i think it'll be great i think people will enjoy listening to uh, how you've built your career and how you've become so successful well, thank you again, Nicole. It was great to hear your story. Nice to meet you and have a great day. Thank you. You too. It was very interesting to learn about Nicole's journey. And for me, the advice she shared about managing her own career really resonates. Focusing on business networking, never stop listening and learning, and be open to exchange and share ideas with other companies. Well, that's it for us today. If you've liked what you've heard, check out our next inspiring personal story from another great hero of brand protection. You can follow us on all of the platforms, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as Twitter and LinkedIn. Please make it a good day. <laughs>